All right, we are live. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We are going to go over a bunch of things today. There's a bunch of news, talking about some injuries and all that. Also, Thursday night football tonight. Week four has begun. World's about to begin tonight. Uh, Thursday night football preview. And then we're going to go into our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings uh, to kind of get you kicked off going into week four. Zach. What's up, man? This is going to be, I think this might be a pretty good game tonight. Yeah, it should be. Now that, you know, we know two is playing now. I just got a, an alert like yeah. an hour ago that two is playing. So this will be a good matchup, I think. Uh, as long as there's no backup quarterbacks playing, we'll be fine. Um, we got enough as long of that. As, as long as there's Monday no Teddy, night. as long as there's no <laughs> Teddy tonight, uh, I think we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this should be a good game. I mean, hopefully the Bengals show up and look like the Bengals and not like the first two weeks Bengals. Um, you know, the Bengals looked all right last week because they, they were playing the Jets. Um, not a slight at your Jets, but you know. Um, hey man, you can slide my Jets. I'm cool with it. I'm <laughs> but, over uh, it now. Like I'm, I'm numb. Like if someone makes yeah. fun of the Jets at this point, I'm numb. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, you know they're, they're they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are playing the uh, Dolphins now. Dolphins should be a good test to see if the Bengals are actually um not going to have a hangover. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. All right. Well, uh, before we get into a full Thursday night football preview, let's go over some news and notes. Uh, first. Bucks head coach Todd Bowles, he said he expects Julio Jones to return this week against the Chiefs. Uh, he got a limited practice in on Wednesday. My guess is he'll be limited all week long, and then he might play. Uh, he, he's a bit of a risky start this week. Like, you know, we've seen over the past like, couple of years, like, he'll play, and then he'll get hurt, and he'll play, and he'll get hurt. So, you know, I'd probably list him as, like, a wide receiver three, like, a low-end wide receiver three flex play with upside. Like, that's kind of how I'm dealing with him if he does end up suiting up this week. Yeah. Um. Chris Godwin, you know, he's also back in practice. He's get, He got a limited session in on Wednesday. That's good news. I, I don't think he ends up playing this week uh, just because I think they give him an extra week of rest. Um, this doesn't li- really line up with the initial timeline. Uh, but it, it, whenever he does suit up, like if he does suit up this week, I'd be willing to throw him in my lineup. But if he ends up suiting up, it would probably be like a wide receiver three play for me, not the normal, you know, wide receiver two that he normally is. Um, you know, just because I might have like good options that I don't want to bench, you know, to have to risk Godwin like reactivate that hamstring. Yeah, and I don't think it, I don't think the Buccaneers have to rush anyone back. I don't think you have to yeah. rush them back in your lineups either. Um, I give them the time to get fully healthy. And like we've said in a couple of episodes already, you know, the Buccaneers' offense is still in a bit of a funk. Uh, the receivers should help them get out of that, but it might take a week or two to kind of get back to the swing of things the normal way. Uh, we usually see the Buccaneers offense. So don't rush them back in your lineups, like you said, especially if, you know, like Faraz said, you have someone that's been perform- performing pretty well for you already on your roster that you don't want to bench. Uh, just ride the hot hand. And then yeah. you can make a decision maybe next week when they're more healthy. Right, exactly. Um, Dalton Schultz, he got a limited practice in as well on Wednesday. It's a solid sign that he could potentially make it back this week. He was inactive uh, on, when did they play? On Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday, on Monday night, night yep. against the Giants. Um you know, I I play him like if he's playing, I'll play him as like a low end tight end one. You know, given the yeah. a tight end a tight end landscape right now, uh, hopefully he gets some targets from Cooper Rush. Um, Jonathan Taylor, he was listed with a toe injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but Tom Pelissero is reported that he is good to go and he will play this week. Now, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, on the other hand, he didn't practice on Wednesday with a quad injury, and Matt Rule didn't commit to say whether he would be available for this week. So that's something to keep an eye on. If he doesn't practice on Thursday. I'd pick up Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I think I'll pick him up over Deontay Foreman if you need a replacement uh, at your running back spot. Yeah, that's I mean, gonna be an interesting one to watch. 
Yeah, it is. You know, we've we had a bunch of these like pop up uh, injury report appearances by Christian McCaffrey just for different varying injuries, and they haven't affected him so far. But this one, you know, Matt Rule is actually talking about maybe him, maybe not being available this week. Uh, we need to heed that warning, and it sucks because you know now it's happening. He made it through three weeks, and now we'll see how week four goes. It doesn't seem like it's anything major, so I'm not too worried about it. But his production hasn't been to the point where it's like, yeah, you have to. Like, um, I'm not saying that you don't start Christian McCaffrey, but he, it hasn't been the Christian McCaffrey that we've come to know and love. He hasn't. Has he got in the end zone yet? He got in the end zone, I think, week one. In week one, he got into the and end then zone. It's, yeah. it's been relatively quiet. He did have 100 yards rushing, though, uh, last week. But um, he hasn't had the production that we've seen and we've come to enjoy. And now that he's going to be injured, it's interesting to see how people might handle the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's, he's good to go. Yeah. Uh, none of the running backs that we were talking about this week you know, injury-wise, they didn't practice on Wednesday. David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think could, Cook, he could suit up this week. The other two, though, not looking as good. You know, we'll see what yeah. happens on Thursday uh, in that practice. Uh, but just keep an eye out on practice reports there. Um, yeah, that's it. So let's go. Let's get into our Thursday night football preview. Yeah, uh, It looks like both uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddell, like you mentioned earlier, will be good to go tonight, according to Tom Pelissero. It is a Thursday night, right? So, like, it's like, oh, yeah. man, do I really want to start my guys? But, you know, it, it, it can be a back-and-forth type of game between two good offenses. So both Tua and Joe Burrow are good plays this week, despite Tua's, Tua's injury. Um, yeah. Waddle's groin injury uh, is, it was a little concerning, but he's in my lineup, right? Like, he's going to play tonight. Mm-hmm. That means it's not serious. So, you know, he's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's a leading receiver on the year uh, in terms yeah. of receiving mm-hmm. yards. I think, so. I think so. I think so. Yeah, with Jalen Waddle. Regardless. Yeah, he's in your lineup if he's starting, regardless. It doesn't matter. Um, and the fact that he's starting, you know, and it's on a short week tells you that it's not serious. You know, it's one thing if exactly. he's playing on Sunday after injuring it on Sunday, but he's not playing on Thursday, injuring it on Sunday. I don't think this should be a problem moving forward, assuming he doesn't re-aggravate anything. While you were talking about that, I was just looking at the receiving yard. Stefan Diggs is number one with 344 okay. yards and Jalen Wall is number two with 342 yards. So oh, he's, yeah. he's off that That's quite a one difference. mark by, t- <laughs> by two <laughs> yards. <laughs> All right. So uh, what else? What else? Let's see. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's good to go, right? He had that like slight tweak of his ankle in, in last week's game, but he's off the injury report for tonight. Uh, still, if you're in a league where you can drop bench players after Thursday night and pick up another player for Sunday, pick up some AGP run if you had the bench spot. Uh, I, I do this for any Thursday that game allows it um so yeah. if Mixon gets hurt you know you just saved a bunch of fab dollars because p ryan's already on your bench the thing is like there's not that many handcuffs where you could kind of like grab them before thursday night because they're mostly rostered right like if yeah. the bucks were playing on thursday night rashad white mostly rostered you know if dalvin coke was playing like obviously not now but yeah dalvin, <laughs> either way alexander madison he was already rostered right so there's not that many handcuffs where you could potentially pick up widely available in leagues samaji p ryan is one of those guys Definitely. Xavier Howard, he's likely going to shadow Jamar Chase in this game. Uh, you're obviously still starting Chase. Uh, we, we saw what Rashad Bateman did, you know, against Xavier Howard uh, in week two, where he caught that slant and took it to the house. Doesn't happen that often against Xavier Howard, but Jamar Chase is obviously capable of doing the same thing. So, yeah. you know, I would still temper my expectations, but, you know, obviously Jamar Chase is in your lineup. Uh, Miami has given up the 12th most fantasy points, two perimeter wide receivers through three weeks. So this could mean a bigger game for T Higgins, you know, if, 
you, you know, Joe Burrow decides not to like test Xavier Howard all game long. Right. Right. Uh, and then Tyler Boyd, it might be a little sneaky too, you know, because of that shadow coverage on chase. Miami's actually given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers through three weeks. So he's a little bit sneaky. He has two good games under his belt out of the three games so far. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at, you know, we talked about Jamar chase potentially, you know, not, um, having an awesome day because he has Xavier Howard shadowing him. Even if Xavier Howard doesn't shadow him, we've actually seen more um, of a distribution of targets, I think, um, from Joe Burrow to the Bengals receivers than we have preferential treatment towards Jamar Chase. Um, you know, that's kind of to the uh, unhappiness of Jamar Chase owners. But, um, you know, T. Higgins, he's a, he's a good start. Tyler Boyd even has some value because Joe Burrow is distributing the ball better than he did um, in, in last year, at least when you compare it, you look at Jamar Chase, the targets that he got and what he was able to do, but you, that kind of goes back to the Bengals running more plays. Like you said, you've been talking about all, all season, the offense moving faster and getting more plays in that allows more targets to go around. And Jamar Chase isn't going to be open every play. Uh, T Higgins is plenty good. And Tyler Boyd is also good. We talked about him. I think it was on yesterday's episode. Uh, someone yeah. else, we compared somebody to him, but, um, that they're all good receivers and there's no reason to think that they won't get the ball. And that's the way the offense has kind of been trending at least so far this season. Definitely. Definitely. So, so yeah, I mean, all three of these wide receivers are in play. Um, and, and you know what? Like they are number one in plays. Like we were talking about, you know, total plays uh, per game, offensive plays per game. So there is a lot of, you know, room for the, all of these wide receivers to, to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, and you never know which two are going to do it right. So, over the past like couple of games, like, by the way, we didn't touch on this like this week because we, we were talking about all this other stuff. That T Higgins all down in the back of the that, end zone. That wasn't, yeah. That wasn't a touchdown. Oh my God. That was yeah. one of the, honestly, like it was one of the best like non-touchdowns I've ever seen in my life. That was a touchdown though. It was just a, it's just it's a touchdown a because he, he, he didn't get that heel down, right? Like he, he was so aware that I think he didn't like, put that heel down on purpose right like he kind of kept yeah. that heel up in the air and then like just like immediately br he brought his foot up into the air if i bring my heel down like i'll hit the white i'll yeah. hit the white line but it's it didn't seem like he did and, and dude that was and the camera angle like like the way where the camera was like looking up at it it just yeah. made it just made t higgins look like he was jumping up like 18 feet up in the air um <laughs> right and honestly, it might have been 18 feet. Like, I, I like it, it, it easily could have been. Like, the dude had, has a serious, dude has serious hops, man. I, yeah. I, that was an unbelievable catch right there. T. Higgins um, and Jamar Chase, they're both wide receiver ones. And that's that's the problem because now they're both going to take targets from each other. And it's not like it's a T. Higgins always a wide receiver, too. T. Higgins will be wide receiver one on a lot of teams, not just fantasy, but, you know, just talent wise. He's just yeah. ridiculous. The, the dude is a beast. Um, so, yeah, you're obviously starting Tyreek, right? Uh, you're obviously starting Waddle. Uh, I don't think I'm necessarily – like, if Waddle wasn't playing, like, I would have thought about, like, a DFS punt play with, like, Trent Sherfield or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, not, obviously, in redraft. Uh, he, You know, I think C Cedric Wilson is banged up a little bit, and also, like, he might even lose his job to Trent, Trent Sherfield, to be honest. But uh, as far as the Dolphins' backfield goes, I I'm not touching it right now. Uh, you know, I think they're both flex plays, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. The hope is that we'll see more of Edmonds' week one role. Like the two goal line touchdowns last week was awesome to see. Yeah. That role seemed to flip-flop between week two and week three because Raheem Mostert was getting it before. Um, so, but the fact that, you know, Chase Edmonds did convert those two touchdowns uh, is, is a great 
you know, great thing to see. And, you know, maybe he continues to have that role, but it could continue to flip-flop. We don't know. Uh, it's a wait and see for me right now if I can afford it. If I had to pick between starting one or the other, if I was in a pinch and I had a choice between Chase Evans, Raheem Mostert, I'd, I'd put Chase Evans in every time. Yeah. This is just the passing game. You. And, you know, we kind of saw a little bit more encouraging usage compared to week two last week with Chase Evans, and that could continue this week. Uh, the Dolphins have been in some high-scoring games, so there should be touchdowns to go around. And if Chase Evans happens to get one, that's all you're looking for out of your flex play, really. If you could get a touchdown of your flex play, and chances are you're getting a couple catches, you'll be fine. That's that's what I'm he's going you. to give you. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's get right into our quarterback rankings, man. Let's do it. Um, yes, sir. We got we got Josh Allen at number one. Big surprise. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. So I got Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson at one through three. This Buffalo Baltimore game is going to be a good one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like jo- Josh Allen, like he was go- he's going to nuclear, right? Mm-hmm. Like Lamar Jackson, he's going nuclear. This is going to be a good game. Yeah, can Lamar Jackson go nuclear at this point? He's already been. You know, he's put up 40 points back-to-back w- w- weeks. What's better than nuclear? Like, whatever that is, he's that. I don't know. <laughs> Solar. I have no idea. <laughs> Solar. <laughs> but Dude, what's like these guys, I'm surprised. fireworks in this game, man. I'm surprised you don't have them at one and two. You know, I, I feel like, well, I don't know. You know, Jacksonville's better than we probably give them credit for. And, you know, it is the Eagles that's playing them. But I just see, you know, it's a marquee, marquee matchup. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. And they both have defenses that just are not very good at this point. Not that the Bills defense isn't good. They're just banged up. But um, I think there's going to be so many fireworks with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I'm kind of surprised they have Lamar underneath Hurts. Well, I have Lamar underneath Hurts because of the matchup. I, I think Buffalo's defense is still good, right? And and I think they can give Lamar some some problems, right? I, I totally understand Lamar has been absolutely killing it, but Jalen Hurts has been killing it too, and he has a much better matchup than Lamar Jackson. So you know, it's fair. I I can easily see Jamar Jalen Hurts outscoring Lamar Jackson this week, and I agree. Like if this if Josh Allen didn't have such a good defense behind him, I would probably have these guys at one and two, because Lamar Jackson has been absolutely destroying defenses lately um so so yeah no i can see it now it it, it, we'll see if buffalo's uh secondary continues to be banged up right if if that's Mm -hmm. the case yeah yeah i could put them up there regardless these guys one through three you're starting them either way you know they're going to be in your lineup regardless yeah um patrick mahomes at four joe burrow at five justin herbert at six hopefully herbert feels better this week because he was not himself last week no and he kind of cost me my my game, which was really unfortunate. But um, <laughs> he should be much better this week. Um, we thought that Jacksonville would be an easier matchup for him, but clearly that wasn't the case. He was also banged up, and it was just a really weird game overall because Jacksonville actually looked very good against the Chargers. Um, this yeah. is a much worse Houston team that they're going to be playing against. It should be a get-right game. If Justin Herbert's feeling better, uh, he'll be right back to his usual uh, production, the very consistent and reliable production that we know him uh, to have. And with Patrick yeah. Mahomes against Tampa Bay, you know, that's an interesting one. I, I like Patrick Mahomes there. I think Joe Burrow might actually have a little bit more upside if this Bengals offense looks like uh, the Bengals offense that we know. Uh, Patrick Mahomes playing against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has held a lot of teams to not so many points. I mean, they just kicked the crap out of the Cowboys. Um, granted, that was Dak Prescott. He's having a rough game. Um, they stifled the Saints. And then who they just play? The Packers. They actually got beat. 
But um, they still held him to 14 points regardless. I kind of see that kind of coming down on Patrick Mahomes and limiting his upside. I think Joe Burrow, I, I would put Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes personally. But I see what yeah. you're doing with, with him at four. Yeah, I think I think Burrow, if you had to play the uh, upside, I think Joe Burrow does have more upside than Mahomes. But the only, only, only concern I have with Burrow is if any sort of pass rush, <laughs> pass rush gets to him, it's going to be affecting, that, affecting them. He's been throwing interceptions. And you know that's that's my main issue with with Burrow with Mahomes. Like we kind of know that he's going to give you that production. Like he's going to be solid regardless yeah. of matchup for the most part. You know Burrow is a little bit iffy, and the, I actually have Burrow elevated this week to five because yeah. of the matchup. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't think I can put him over over Mahomes this week. But it's it's super close. It's four and five. Uh, yeah. But I, I I hear what you're saying for upside. I would be like if I'm playing DFS. Well, depends. Right, because you know it, it depends on what kind of DFS you're playing. Right, if, yeah. you're, if you're shooting for the upside, I think Burrow has the most upside here. Uh, but Mahomes, I think you know, not that many people will be have will have Mahomes in their lineup. So if you're looking for some some sort of like, you know, if you're trying to play the odds and you're trying to see like uh, ownership percentage, and Mahomes might not be super owned this week because of that matchup. That's an interesting one. Right. Um. Now, hopefully, you know, Justin Herbert gets Keenan Allen back this week. That that should help him out. A little bit uh now if you look at the implied totals for this week chargers do have the fifth highest implied total on the week so vegas is actually expecting some points out of them so yeah. actually a lot of points out of them so i think you'll be okay with justin herbert this week vegas knows something vegas knows everything yeah. um i got Kyler murray at seven Tua at eight kirk cousins at nine tom brady at 10 i did move brady up a bit based on mike evans like he's actually in the top 10 <laughs> which, yeah. is, which might be surprising uh uh, you know, Mike Evans is back this week. Julio possibly being back. Russell Gage, you know, seemingly healthy now after mm-hmm. his big game last week. And Tom Brady starting to trust him. Uh, and then with KC, like, you know, you know, kind of going with the Patrick Mahomes thing. If I had Patrick Mahomes at four, then, you know, I'm kind of expecting some points to be scored in this game. So, you know, I think because of that, uh, I have Tom Brady at nine. Uh, just curious, like, looking at these four, Murray, Tua, Kirk, and Brady, what would you change there, if anything? I actually like this ranking. Okay. Um, there's nothing wrong with this. Kyler Murray, I have at seven, obviously. I think that we could finally, and I've said this multiple weeks in a row now, finally see Kyler Murray <laughs> do Kyler Murray things, you know, and actually just blow up Maybe. and have have like his breakout game, um, score more than the even 20 that he's had recently. But um, I, they're playing against Carolina. I, I don't think Carolina's going to do much to keep up with the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals are banged up on offense still. So I like him at seven. Tua at eight, I like that because, like, like I said, if it's a shootout tonight with Joe Burrow, Tua, same thing. Um, Brady, I like him. I like moving him up there at ten. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I like him at nine, though. Yeah, I agree with these rankings, so it's hard to say much. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I hear you. Kirk Cousins, he has a, a good matchup against the Saints. It should be relatively high scoring. Um, I'm not sure what the implied total is on that one or what the what the Which spread one? is that they're calling it. the Saints, not, Saints and the Vikings. But um, there should be plenty Let's of offense see. in that one. I like uh, Justin Jefferson to get back on track this week because he's had two quiet weeks. It's hard to imagine him having three quiet weeks. And if Justin Jefferson's having a good game, then Kirk Cousins can be having a good game. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see what happens with, with Jameis Winston, whether he plays or not, because that might make a little bit of a difference in terms of like what this game script looks like. Yeah, Andy Dalton, you know, might end up doing his thing. Um, but, you know, Michael Thomas banged up. Jarvis Landry banged up. That offense might be a little bit banged up going into this week. So th- I think there's going to be a few things to kind of consider, you know, later in the week. So, and we'll see what those practice reports end up looking like. Right. And, and if Dalvin uh, Cook misses, 
with Kirk Cousins. If he does yes, miss, we don't know if he's going to. It's going to be a much more pass-heavy attack. Maybe, maybe. I mean, we've seen Madison, you know, say like get his as well. But you know, yeah. the, the Saints do have a, a decent front, so it might they might end up doing just that. Uh, moving on to eleven through twenty, uh, I have Derek Carr at eleven, followed by Jared Goff. Um, Carr, you know, Vegas has a twenty-four point implied total, which is solid. Uh, Detroit has a twenty-six point implied total this week, which is third, only behind Buffalo and Philly. So Goff has a chance of putting up some points this week, despite not having DeAndre Swift this week, most likely. Uh, but we also have to see what's up with Amara St. Brown and his ankle, right? Yeah. It's not 100% that he suits up this week. And if he doesn't, I might stay away from Goff, you know, and move him down quite a bit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair because we saw Amara St. Brown come off the field a little bit last week and um, the offense was not nearly as dynamic or as good as it was with Amara St. Brown on the field. So um, not only does Amon St. Brown take a hit, obviously, if he doesn't play, you're not going to have him in your lineup. Um, but if he's not on the field, then I think the rest of the Lions offense has to take a bit of a hit as well. And that's why, you know, Jared, we might see Jared Goff move down from this position a little bit. Do you think? I think so. I because, think he might move down to like maybe 15 or something like that. Yeah, because this is assuming Amon St. Brown plays, which yes. I'm totally on board with him at 12 if he does. If yes. he doesn't, you know... It might be the Jamal Williams show. I'm not saying it's going to be all him be. on offense. They do have guys that can catch a ball in DJ Chark. And um, I forget the one guy, Josh Reynolds. Jared Goff, yeah. for some reason, likes throwing to him. But um, <laughs> <laughs> So they're not going to be completely devoid of weapons, but the offense isn't the same without him on St. Brown. So I'd keep an eye on his status, like you said. Uh, and then right, we'll re-rank Jared Goff accordingly if he doesn't suit up. Yes, yes. Um, now I have Marcus Mariota at 13. Um, and the rushing from Mariota has kept his floor high. And if you if you don't want to mess around, right, and just want to get points from your quarterback, he's yeah. your guy, right? Yeah. Like he's gonna he's gonna do his thing. He might, might not have that twenty five point ceiling. Actually, he might if he ends up scoring a rushing touchdown, right? On top of like you know forty fifty yards rushing yeah. could happen. Uh, but I think Mariota is as safe as it gets right now. Yeah, the rushing floor is what keeps him there, and that's kind of what. Some of us were hoping for with Justin Fields that his rushing yeah. floor would keep him afloat, and that's when you say some of us, you mean you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> I, 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 drafted, I drafted him very late, um, <laughs> hoping that I'd be able to cash in on some upside. That hasn't been the case, but you know, Marcus Mariota, um, I think he, you're right with the floor. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. Maybe if he throws to Kyle Pitts more, he could unlock that ceiling. Ooh, but, uh, that'll be nice. That'll be yeah, nice. yeah. But um, I think 13 is appropriate right now. Carson Wentz might be a little low here at 14. Um, you know, he's going up against uh, Dallas, right? And it's a tough matchup. Like, Vegas has the, the, the I was going to say Redskins, the commanders at <laughs> the, one of the highest, one of the lowest implied totals on the week. And probably because Dallas's defense is good. And they're at home. And their so, offense isn't that good. <laughs> right. So, Carson Wentz, you know, you know, I have him at 14 here just because of the fact that they're going to throw a lot. They have the weapons. So it's just kind of high considering the matchup and considering the, the low implied total, uh, but just kind of temper expectations if you are starting Carson Wentz this week. Um, at 15, we have Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence in Philly. Uh, that is a little bit of a tough matchup as well for him. He would be higher, um, you know, if he wasn't going up against Philly this week because yeah. Lawrence has been looking good. And I might I might have had Lawrence as like a, you know, high-end QB2. You know, somewhere around the Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota range. I think that's where yeah. I would have him. Um, I, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, go ahead. 
because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, we've seen him play. And not that the Chargers defense was banged up, but they're still a quality defense and he tore it up. So he's looking like the real deal against Philly. Yeah, I think that it's fair to have him ranked a little bit lower. He'll probably be under pressure a lot more than he was last week, especially with Joey Bosa missing. But, um, you know, you think next week, do you think Trevor Lawrence would be oh, in a week? We don't have to say next week, next week in a week where it's not uh, the Eagles. You know, is Trevor Lawrence I, I, maybe a top him, quarterback for you? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say he's probably going to be. And, and let's see how he does to, like this week. Maybe he's not too bad. And if he yeah. is, he would be a no brainer top 12 for me. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you, know? you know, if the Eagles get ahead, too, there could be some garbage time game script for him. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Uh, Jacksonville has looked pretty competitive in all the games that they've played, so they we'll see. But the Eagles are a different animal. They're not what uh, they're not anything the Jaguars have seen yet this season. So, so we'll see how they handle it. And then this could be telling for you know Trevor Lawrence's value going forward. If he does well, you know that's going to really be something. Oh yeah, he could, oh yeah. He I mean, could, he could see his value skyrocket. I can see myself play, placing him over Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Mariota. You know, Wentz would normally be higher as well. So I would have both Wentz and Lawrence most weeks, potentially as top 12 guys. No, that's you fair. Know? Yeah. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, who else do I have here? So I have uh, Russ at 17, Matthew Stafford at 18, Gina Smith, and then Jameis Winston to round it out. Um Jameis Winston, obviously, like we talked about, a little iffy to play this week. Uh, mm-hmm. And if he doesn't go, Andy, Andy Dalton will be under center. And to be honest with you, like I might just one for one replace Andy <laughs> Jameis Winston with Andy Dalton here at twenty. Because so, after yeah. after twenty, it, it's it gets a little bleak. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I wouldn't necessarily be you know Andy Dalton like you know he had a couple spot starts and he was fine, right? Yeah. So I'm not necessarily you know really worried about about him at all. Um, I think I think he should be good. Yeah, I think that's fair. With with James Winston, you know, and Andy Dolan, you swap them out. I think that's one hundred percent. I was gonna jump on and say that if you didn't. Yeah. I think they're very similar <laughs> at this point right now. Like a banged up James Winston is gonna give you as much value as a healthy Andy Dalton and, and vice versa. So I can see it. I, I think that's fair. You know, I, I just think it's funny that we're ranking Russell Wilson as QB seventeen at this point. I was not expecting that at all. It's just yeah. something that I'm pointing do you out. Think like, it's a, but do you, oh, I, I was going to ask you that, actually. Uh, it's good you brought it up. Like, Do you think it's appropriate? I, I think it is. I mean, for what we've seen so far, I'm just noting that how surprising it is. Like, Here we are sitting with Carson Wentz higher on fantasy rankings than Russell Trevor Wilson. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence in ba- higher. In a bad matchup. Yeah. So it's it's really telling. You know, like what, what's going on with Russell Wilson? We're not sure. Um, some people, I don't think you drafted him very high, but you probably drafted him low thinking like, all right, this should be this should pan out, you know, it'll be a good value. You, you, you drafted him thinking like, oh, this is gonna be a value. Yeah. And he has the upside of being a top five fantasy quarterback. And and you look at the offense that he's on, you're like, man, this is better than it was in Seattle. And he was a top five quarterback multiple times in Seattle. So now we're sitting here, he has all these weapons and Russell Wilson scoring eleven points and just barely squeaking out against uh the Niners. Like that that is just super confusing. You know, I, I think it's worth noting. Um, not even just, it's not really fancy advice, but just something to note. It's one of the storylines I'm looking at. I, I thought he would have it together by now. Um, I agree, I think, man. I agree. I, I think it's going to happen though, like at some point, uh, but like it, it it's looked pretty bad and yeah. I want to blame the head coach. I want to blame Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. You know, he's making a bunch of hires now because he's realizing that he doesn't know how to be a head coach. Um, <laughs> you know, he, I think he's made two hires so far in the last like two weeks, like to help yeah. him with different things. Um, but Russell Wilson, you know, is being affected by that now. 
like I, I never thought I would say this. I kind of miss B. Carroll. <laughs> man coming from you I, coming yeah, from me that's, that's like that's i i've rough. been the Pete carroll hater here and now i gotta i gotta take some you know i gotta take some responsibility over these takes here right because yeah. you know i'm like russell wilson was being held back by that you know seattle you know head coach mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh okay i'm not well, sure here, about that anymore if if russell wilson's going to turn around this would be a good week to do it it's the raiders they're zero and three you know um it's a divisional game, so generally they'll be pretty close. I'm hoping we finally see. It's not even that we need uh, Russell Wilson to have like a monster 30-point fantasy day. We just need a little life from the Broncos' offense because the only reason they're 2-1 is because of their defense. Um, a little life from the Broncos' offense would be huge in helping us to understand that you know, Russell Wilson's going to be fine. But right now, I'm, I, I hit the panic button like the end of last week that Russell oh, Wilson's yeah. kind of you know not showing up. Um, I will turn the panic button back off if he can show up this week and perform well. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's hit these running back rankings. Uh, Christian McCaffrey at number one, Jonathan Taylor at number two. Then I got Saquon Barkley at three, Fournette at four, Nick Chubb at five. Um, four now, obviously, we talked about McCaffrey, you know, just watch out for his practice report today. Jonathan Taylor, he's good to go. Uh, you know, Saquon had a solid day, you know, against a tough defense, right, on Monday mm-hmm. night. Um, you know, it's what you want to see from Saquon where you drafted him. You're very happy with his production so far. Uh, but Fournette, uh, he might seem a little high here, right? Um, you know, yeah. based on the fantasy points that he scored lately. Yeah. But his usage, his underlying utilization is that of a high end RB1, and he's bound to explode and have a big game at some point. Um, and then you have Chubb here at five, you know, who has been great. He he is like him, me having him at five, that's a talent play. It's the fact that he's been balling lately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, given Chubb's role, which is not an ideal role for fantasy, it's just that he's so good, right? And he's been scoring touchdowns that, you yeah. know, how can you not have him in the top five? And this might be low for a lot of people because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chubb is the number one overall running back yes. so far in fantasy. So, uh, you know, I think, I mean, either way, these guys both should be both in lineups. But I think... You know, this is the week where Fournette finally, you know, gets in the end zone. Number one, he hasn't gotten the end zone yet. And number yeah. two, start, starts getting peppered with targets because he's running around on almost every one of Brady's dropbacks, which is super rare for a running back. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think Nick Chubb at five is too far fetched right now because, like you said, of the way he's playing and we know the talent. Is it too low? <laughs> so <laughs> right, like this. Yeah, it's it, tough. I, 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 it, for me, it's like I, I don't want to put him like too high. I want to put him too low because. He's been killing it. His role isn't ideal, right? Like mm-hmm. Fournette and Chubb are like the exact opposites right now. Fournette has like the like the amazing role, but he hasn't got it done yet. Chubb mm-hmm. doesn't have the most ideal role when it comes to fantasy. Early down grinder, but he's like the best early down grinder in the league, yeah. right? Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, who do you put first, right? The guy who's been doing it or the guy who who most likely the chances are, given, you know, data, Fournette would probably be, you yeah. know, have the, have the better game, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, and that goes back to, you know, receiving work being much more valuable than rushing work. But Nick Chubb just gets it done so well with rushing work that it feels like he's getting all these catches, especially when you look <laughs> at the box score. He's right, just right. running very well, and that's not a surprise. Um, he's capitalizing a lot better, I think, on the work that he's getting this season than he was last season. Um, and that's a good thing. I think that goes back to, um, you know, the Browns offense operating with a backup quarterback, even though Jacoby Brissett has performed admirably. Um 
you know, if they can let Nick Chubb shoulder the load, they will. And he's reaping the benefits of that now. I agree with Leonard Fournette over Nick Chubb. Um, the thing that I have to say about the top five is how long, how much longer are we just going to default to Christian McCaffrey at one? Because we know his usage is there, but now, you know, yep. the injuries there, it's like, I, I'd feel more confident. And this is just nitpicking. Um, I feel fine. maybe more confident with Jonathan Taylor or even Saquon Barkley at one at this point. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Well, listen, Jonathan Taylor even hasn't got it done, you know, over the past couple of weeks. Right. right? And, you know, he hasn't like in week two, he only had nine carries. Right. He, he, he didn't hit the double, double, you know, carry mark. Christian McCaffrey, you know, past two games, he's gotten a ton of volume uh, in the run game, though. Um, yeah. You know, and he hit 100 yards each of the last two weeks uh, on the ground. So he's still getting work. He just got hasn't gotten the end zone. And at some point, he's going to start getting peppered with targets, similar to what we talked talking about with Leonard Fournette. You know, that's the hope. Like, the difference is that between those two is like Fournette, we know Brady loves to check it down. We know Brady loves to look for his running back. Yeah. And at some point, again, you know, they don't have much of a competent, you know, coaching staff in, in Carolina. But at some point, you're going to have to say like, hey, we got to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey in the in the pass game, right? We're under, yeah. underutilizing him there. And so... Because yeah. of that, that's the reason why I have Christian McCaffrey at number one. Yeah, that's my gripe with Christian McCaffrey. You know, where he was so good was a passing game, and they haven't used him at all like that this season so far. And whether that's Baker Mayfield's fault or whether that's the coaching staff's fault or a combination of the two, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that he's missing his role in the passing game. And I think that would really open up the offense a little bit. I mean, I'm not an NFL coach, but, you know, what I've seen from Christian McCaffrey in the past and there is – him ex- excelling in the passing game and they haven't used him there yet so maybe uh if anyone's listening from the panthers organization try that you know give christian mccaffrey a couple looks in the passing game i hear you man i hear you let me see where, where, where these guys are ranked right now in terms of points per game jonathan taylor's at 11 i'm sorry jonathan taylor's at 10 at 15.6 ppr points a game and christian mccaffrey is at 11 with 15.3 fantasy points per game the guys ahead of him right now Saquon is number one with 22.6 PPR points per game, followed by Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, Cordell Patterson, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, uh, and Khalil <laughs> Herbert. Uh, obviously, Khalil Herbert just had that you know one big game last Hyper week. But he, was, he, yeah. was, he was the overall RB1 last week. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Have you have you noticed yeah, that like just this season, RBs, running backs, have been pretty quiet yeah, compared dude. to what we've what we've seen in the past? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and it's interesting, man. But you know, to me, what it's what what that tells me right now is that there's a ton of buy low opportunities um, yeah. that you know you can kind of take advantage of because at some point, especially later on in the season, some of these running backs are going to have monster games, right? And like mm-hmm. it's going to happen. So instead of it all happening early in the early in the year, there's a lot of it going to be happening later in the year. Um, you know, yeah. and and we're going to see some blow up games at some point, like like the like it's it's all. Always, it's always ebbs and so happens that you know the production has been lower in the beginning of the year, but I do think it's going to end up picking up at some point. It, it, it always does. It always levels out, you know, at some point. Uh, yeah. But scoring overall has been down in the NFL. Yeah, uh, not you know, not just running backs. In general, with running backs, you know, being down, you know, I did tell you to go zero running back this year. So <laughs> you did. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's this is a joke, but um, I mean, I, it's, it's it's a joke, but it's it was. It, it I, just fi- I, I just find yeah, I just find it really interesting because you know I'm looking around the league like nobody's had like that blow away game. You, you know what's funny, dude? Like you know, after week one, like all the zero RB truthers are like, see, 
Yeah. You know, Jamar yep. Chase went off. Devonta Adams went off. Justin Jefferson went off. Right? All of those guys went off. Yeah. In week one, uh, Stephon Diggs, and then in week two, like things got a lot quiet. Right? Devonta Adams, like you know, he quiet. scored a touchdown, but like it yeah. wasn't. It was that was all he quiet. did. That Stephon Diggs did. was the only one who kept doing his thing every single week. Um, yeah. Jamar Chase, relatively quiet. Um, Justin Jefferson, relatively quiet over Very the last quiet, two weeks yeah. as well. So uh, it, it's just interesting. You know, ebbs and flows, dude. It's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we, we were talking about it last uh, yesterday, you know, on the Mind of Mansion podcast, the Roto Under and Roto Underworld with mm-hmm. uh, so with Matt. Uh, he, he we were talking about it, and you know, it was a lot of like you know, teams are playing a lot of zone now, a lot more than they were in the past with these high shell coverage looks mm-hmm. where the perimeter wide receivers, you know, unless you're playing man, unless you can find the open opening in the zone, it's a lot tougher for these uh, perimeter wide receivers especially if they are more uh if their if their game is more separation against man coverage opposed yeah. to finding the open spot in the zone right so these co- it, it, these coaches a lot more is going to be put on these coaches now to scheme these wide receivers open and you know we were talking about all these slot wide receivers doing their thing and it's because the slot wide receivers you know starting on the inside easier to find a spot in the zone yeah, I'm a Russell Brown, Cooper Cup, you know all these type of guys. Like that's where the evolution is right now, uh, in terms of in terms of like where we're at with wide receivers, uh, compare you know going up against these uh th- these type of coverage uh, coverages right now, where teams aren't necessarily playing as much man anymore. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a stat where it's like it's up to like seventy percent of plays are zone is zone coverage at this point, just across the league. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Where you know where it used to be a lot, a lot lower, right? Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. Tampa was famous for that. You know, back in the, the, the you know, the, the, their famous cover two coverage. Tampa you know, too, not, yeah. not not many teams used to do that, and right. now a lot of teams are, are playing that shell coverage. Uh, but anyway, we, we digress. We, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Um, I got Dalvin Cook at six here. I'm okay playing Dalvin Cook this week if he suits up. Okay, yeah. uh, I think he's a solid RB play for me either way. I, I, I'm not going to try and assume you know, too much about his workload. Uh, you know, he's played with his injury before. He's had big workloads with the harness on. If he suits up, he'll be in my lineup. Who knows what's going to happen, right? But I'm not mm-hmm. going to get cute with it and start. You know, I th- maybe you put Joe Mixon o- over Dalvin Cook. Okay, I, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, Joe Mixon hasn't looked great this year either, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, he's also... The opportunity had, he's, has been there. Uh, I'll give you that. They, they're giving him the ball a lot. But Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll play Dalvin Cook this week. I don't have a problem with that. I got Joe Mixon at seven here, James Conner at eight. Uh, the, you know, Cliff Kingsbury did come out and say that they want to get James Conner a lot more involved in the offense. And, you know, we've kind of been expecting that. We've been talking about James Conner a lot this week. So I'll save you guys uh, from us talking about him a lot more. Uh, but expect his volume and his snaps and his role to move up from what we saw last week. Week two, he was banged up. You know, I have him in my top ten here. Uh, followed by Austin Eckler at number nine. We're hoping that you know, he starts getting more involved with his Chargers offense getting better. Um, you know, the amount of carries that he got last week was pretty bad, embarrassing. It was like only a couple. Yeah. How many carries did he have? Four carries in that game or something like that? It, yeah, it was a really low number. I think it might have been five. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, I have Jamal Williams here at number 10. You know, assuming that DeAndre Swift is going to miss this week, I think that Jamal Williams, you know, deserves a shot to be at number 10. He's already a, a, in an RB1 right now uh, in terms of fantasy points per game. You know, and that's with DeAndre Swift playing for the most part. So. Right. Um, I have yeah, Austin, Austin Eckler, you know, he did have four carries. I mixed it up. His yardage was five. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that all? That's, yeah, that's yeah. brutal. It's rough. It was a rough week for him, but he, he did get the targets so that kept him afloat relatively. Yeah. 
So, you know, if, if he starts get, doing his thing in the, in the run game, starts doing his thing in the passing game, he'll end up doing his thing. But, you know, the one thing we're worried about, as we talked about yesterday, is the fact that, you know, he's not, he might not be getting those goal line looks anymore. You know, he did get, he get, he did get some, like, they, they didn't take all of his goal line snaps away. He did get right. a couple of goal line carries this year so far, but he might not get all of them. And that's what we're kind of afraid of. But hopefully that, that kind of changes moving forward. What do you think about Jamal at 10? I like Jamal Williams at 10. Uh, I think that's where he's uh, – I don't want to call it his ceiling. But well, look, I'll, I'll just uh, – real quick. I have Kamara at 11, Aaron Jones at 12, Derrick Henry at 13. So just just to kind of give some context with yeah. with, uh, with Jamal at 10. We know we know the workload is going to be there for Jamal Williams. And he's not only used in the run rush game, running game. You know, he's also caught some passes. So Jamal Williams is going to be fine. I, I like him there. The workload is, like, guaranteed. And the offense should be good. And like I said, as long as Amon St. Brown plays – not that Jamal Williams is as contingent on Amon St. Brown playing as maybe Jared Goff is, but you know the whole offense overall would take a hit. Might not be the touchdown upside that Jamal Williams has had the first few weeks because the Lions' offense has actually been pretty good, and a lot of that has to do with Amon St. Brown. So again, keep an eye on that. Um, I think his workload is locked in. The offense is better than Alvin Kamara right now. Aaron Jones, you know, he has on and off weeks. I mean, if we're just looking down the list that we have. Um, mm-hmm. He has his on and off weeks. He he pops off, and then it's an AJ Dillon day. It's just weird. Um, Derrick Henry hasn't looked the same. He caught a couple passes last week that kind of inflated his numbers a little bit. Um, he did get in the end zone, but um, Derrick Henry, I, I think that he has to sit behind Jamal Williams right now just because of the way the offenses are. That offense isn't that dynamic. It was just a rough Raiders team that they were playing last week. I don't know if that's going to continue. I actually like the Colts kind of in this one, the matchup. If they can limit Derrick Henry, then they should be able to win the game. But um, obviously, we'll see. Derrick Henry hasn't looked the same, so we'll see how he looks against Indianapolis. Uh, I, I still like Jamal Williams over all of those guys. I think that these rankings are pretty pretty sound. Okay. So we have Khalil Herbert here at 14 uh, to replace David Montgomery, assuming that he doesn't go this week. Najee Harris at 15. Now, th- this top 15, pretty much set. I think outside of that, because we have Javante, Corderell, James Robinson, like after that tier. So I think... The top 15 is kind of set depending on, but it couldn't change depending on how you order these guys. Yeah. Um, Cleo Herbert, it's possible he sees an every down type of workload. He did see it every down type of workload in the second half, despite Tristan Ebner being pretty involved early on when David Montgomery got hurt. But Herbert started balling out, they didn't right. take him off the field. You know, would it be getting too cute to start him a, a, over any of the, you know, the top, you know, 11, 12, and 13, Kamara, Jones, and Henry? Um, yeah, I feel like it would is you, getting a little. I feel like you might start him over Alvin Kamara. I would maybe consider it just this week because right. the way, until Alvin Kamara shows me that he's going to produce, and you know, I'm going to go on record now as a Kamara hater because everyone's going to watch the podcast <laughs> and gonna be like, oh, this guy hates Kamara. He's starting Khalil Herbert <laughs> over him. It's not that, but until I see that the production can be there in the offense, it's not the so much the problem I have with Alvin Kamara as it is with the Saints offense. I think it's right. fundamentally changed. It's moved away from Kamara right now. Um, so I don't like that. I would say that putting Khalil Herbert <clears throat> over Aaron Jones is a mistake and Derrick Henry is a mistake because um, we, like we said, we saw what Aaron Jones can do when it's his, when he gets the touches, you know, he does very well. It's just, is AJ Dillon going to be a factor day in, day out? Um, and Derrick Henry, you know, right now he's benefiting from name value. Um, the Khalil Herbert, there's no guarantee that the Bears offense is going to play that well. Um, I think that the Giants are supposed to get Leonard Williams back um, this week. 
and he's a he's a okay. big run stopper for them. So I'm not sure how the Bears offense is going to look against the Giants. Remember, it was the Texans they were playing against last week, and um, it might not be the same. The Giants defense is not that bad, so I'd say it was a little. I'd say it's a little cute to put him over any anybody else, but he is essentially the offense at this point. I mean, the game plan. I don't think the Giants have much game film to review from last week or moving forward. I think it's just going to be the run game all day. Um, Herbert will be fine. He's a he's a fine plays volume. I'm not sure the ceiling is going to be there, but he should get enough touches to make him relevant. And if he gets in the end zone, you know, I, he, sh- he shouldn't have any problem hitting like 15, 16 points. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, he might be safer than Aaron Jones, you know, because Aaron Jones is up and down. Yeah, you know, he's you're right. More, he, he's more volatile. Right. But if you're looking for the ceiling play, it's probably Aaron Jones. Right yeah. against New England, and it, it could be an AJ Dillon game because you know New England they're not going to have their their main quarterback. They're going to have Brian Hoyer in that game. He might not play well, and we might see Green Bay just kind of controlling that game throughout. Yeah. But there might be a lot of touches to, to to go around for these two guys. Uh, New England, even dating back to last year, they they've been pretty bad at stopping running backs from catching the ball. Um, mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason why I have Aaron Jones at twelve. I think he does actually have a pretty good game this week in in the receiving game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Najee Harris at 15, um, you know, he's going to get the touches, right? Uh, Jalen Warren has been creeping in a little bit, you know, into that workload. uh, And I don't think that's going to stop. I don't think that Najee Harris is going to see 90% of touches moving forward. Now, will, you know, and and that's kind of what you were hoping for because, you know, with Najee Harris, it's like you want him to get as many touches as possible. So the inefficiency doesn't matter as much. But yeah. if he's not going to get as many touches, then the inefficiency starts to, you know, matter. Um, mm-hmm. Against I think, the Jets this week, I think it ends up being a little bit – it ends up being okay because I mm-hmm. think he's going to end up getting his touches this week. Um, yeah. So I'm not extremely worried about it. I think the inefficiency gets magnified because the offense is much worse than it was even last season. You know, he yeah, had the inefficiency last season, but he got a couple touchdowns. So that was fine. You know, the offense was able to move down the field and get him in the position to score some easy touchdowns on the goal line and stuff like that. Uh, that hasn't been the case this year. And now we're seeing it, you know, the relatively low fancy outputs. The floor is there. That's what we're looking for. But the upside has kind of been capped. You know, his ceiling has been relatively low. I think his ceiling is right now hovering at like just around 20 points. And that's assuming he gets in the end zone. Otherwise, we're looking at the same type of production that he's put up these past few weeks, like the 12, 13 range that yeah. just hasn't been very fulfilling but um yeah against the jets you know i i could see him being on the higher end of his range of outcomes i have javante williams at 16 cordell patterson at 17 followed by james robinson followed by jeff wilson and then damian pierce would you play james robinson over javante williams at this point you know the broncos offense isn't looking great right uh melvin gordon seemingly being the preferred goal line option right now yeah uh, Javante is running more routes. He is being targeted more in the past game. Uh, so his floor is obviously a little higher. Uh, James Robinson against Philly, you know, a little bit risky, right? Because, you know, Philly can go up in this game. And if they do, you know, the Jaguars might have to abandon the run game a little bit. And that's what the Jaguars haven't had to do over the first three games. They haven't right. had to abandon the run game. Uh, and James Robinson was able to do his thing. Week two, he didn't get that many carries, but he ended up breaking off that long run. And he ended up yeah. going, you know, over 100 yards uh, and scoring four touchdowns in three weeks. Does that happen this week? Right. That's the question. Yeah. So you asked, is should I be starting James Robinson over Javante Williams at this point? This week? No. Maybe next week. Um, yeah. Javante Williams is a much better matchup. James Robinson, like you said, 
Um, the Jaguars might have to abandon the run, but it's not so much about the Jaguars abandoning the run as much as it is, you know, Travis Etienne could be on the field. Um, much many more snaps than he's been recently because they could be in catch up mode. Exactly. You know, the, the Eagles are a good team and you don't want to put it past the Jaguars to give them a run for their money. You know, the Jaguars are a fine team, obviously. Um, I think they're much better than we've seen them. And Trevor Lawrence looks much better than they did. So it should keep them competitive. I don't think they're going to be down and out of this game like we'd expect them to be other years. But it might be more of a competitive match. And then, you know, midway through the third, things start to give way. And then you see like a whole quarter of action from Travis Etienne. That, that's kind of what I'm anticipating. But James Robinson, regardless, even if they are in the game, it's a tough Philly front that he's going to be running up against. I could see him kind of coming back down to earth this week. I think yeah. that 18 is good for him. Yeah. Uh, Cordell Patterson at 17. He's not being used in the pass game, man. Um, he's really – he's depending on those big plays. You know, I, I don't like that, right? I, yeah. I would love for him to get targeted. I think he only had one target each of the last two weeks, which is not what you want with Cordell Patterson. You can't depend that's, on that run game from him, yeah. right? And that's a little that. bit what, – what's that? I said let's stat that. Let's see. Did he actually get one? Yeah, one target each of the past two weeks. Yeah. So it's like – you know, I have a pretty good memory, man. You know, yeah, I'd um, say so. uh, yeah, but like, you know what? It, it's it's tough because Cordell Patterson, you know, you want to play him. He's been putting up numbers, but you know, again, he's a guy who could come back down to earth. The 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 matchup isn't terrible, but the fact that he's not being used in the past game a ton, which is where really where you know the the huge production we saw last year from him. That's really where where it came from, right? Yeah. Um, Jeff Wilson at nineteen, Damian Pierce at twenty. I think this is solid. You know, we don't know what, like Jeff Wilson's uh, volume can be anywhere from like 10 carries to 20 carries. Uh, he's been pretty efficient, though, over the past two weeks. Um, and he is likely their goal line guy as well. Uh, you know, we'll see what this matchup ends up looking like. You know, the, the 49ers do have a really, really good matchup uh, in terms of their wide receivers. So it is possible that they do end up moving the ball. Uh, and Jeff Wilson could get some opportune touchdowns. So I think he's a fine RB2 start this week. Damian Pierce. You know, we'll see if the Texans can stay in this game against the, mm-hmm. the Chargers or the Chargers can't get things going like, like last week. Then Damian Pierce will get volume. Otherwise, it might be a little bit tough for Damian Pierce. If Houston can't stay in this game, just like James Robinson, they're going to end up abandoning the abandoning the run here. And we might see more Rex Burkett on the field than Damian Pierce. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do like Damian Pierce as long as they're in a decent game script. I think he's kind of earned his way to the point where he's getting the majority of the touches. Um I'm I'm not expecting it to stay in that game script in a good game script for Damian Pierce. Um, assuming the Chargers get back on track, if we see the Chargers team from last week, this could be a Damian yeah. Pierce game. But um, I, I'm not anticipating that the Chargers should get back on track with Justin Herbert healthy. It's hard to imagine Davis Mills being able to keep up with him. And I was calling on the Texans and saying that you know this could be finally a fantasy relevant offense. Uh, but Davis Mills, you know, I was talking about talking up Brandon Cooks. It just hasn't looked that way so far. Uh, the Texans offense hasn't looked um, as good as I hoped they would be. So if Justin Herbert is playing like Justin Herbert, I don't see them staying in this game. Damian Pierce could be kind of left out to dry with Rex Burkhead catching passes for the most of the afternoon. I have a feeling if the Chargers secondary is still a little bit banged up, I have a feeling that Brandon Cooks is going to have a big game this week. All right. I hope so, because I have him in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to week uh, to, to 21 to 30. Uh, Devin Singletary at 21. This one might be a little surprising, but Devin Singletary's usage last week was legit, and his utilization yeah. went up big time, 
like you know it was really like a, a split you know between uh you know between him between James Cook obviously came came out a little bit he was playing a little bit more you know Zach Moss as well uh but just looking at, at what he was doing last week 74% of snaps he ran around on 61% of dropbacks after running 67% of dropbacks the week before he just ended up getting targeted more right 22% targets yeah. per route run uh this past week so he was being used in the past game 53% of the rushing attempts which is not what we saw in week 2 uh he was only down at 20% so we know that this can flip-flop back and forth, right? But when you look at these guys here, and by the way, at 23, uh, we're showing Michael Carter. That's supposed to say Brees Hall, uh, not Michael Carter. But at 21, you know, Devin Singletary, I think, you know, when you when you go with guys like Antonio Gibson, Brees Hall, AJ Dillon, Miles Sanders, who we have at 21 through 25, I think I'll take the shot at Devin Singletary, especially given the fact that this is probably going to be a shootout between the Bills and, and, uh, and the Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I kind of chalk up Devin Singletary's usage. I don't want to just say it's all on this, but a lot of it, I think, goes to the fact that the Bills ran so many plays compared to the Dolphins. Um, that might have allowed more opportunity for Devin Singletary to just run out. And it was weird because he was getting targeted, like hyper-targeted. Not just Devin Singletary, but all the Bills running backs were just getting targets thrown their way by Josh Allen. And that's not something I expect to see every week, especially against Baltimore. Um, I think that because of the performance, it's fair. Uh, that you could have him at 21, but I'm not necessarily ecstatic about his prospects over guys like Antonio Gibson, Brees Hall, um, even AJ Dillon. You know, AJ Dillon has a chance. Um, his his workload might be a little bit more secure because we know he's going to get the touches. It's just is it going to be more his way or Aaron Jones's way? Um, Devin Singletary, if he's catching passes, you're fine. Otherwise, I think he's kind of further down the list for me. Yeah, no, I hear that. I think uh, Brees Hall finally made his way into the RB2 ranks. Uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, this week against Dallas, you know, we'll see if, you know, Washington can be in a positive game strip. I doubt it, you know, or or even a neutral game strip. I doubt it. That's the reason why I have Gibson there. Uh, he hasn't seen a big workload in terms of the pass game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm sorry, in terms of the run game so far through three weeks. Uh, that's really where his va- value, you know, lies. Uh, so I don't see him having a huge game this week. Now, AJ Dillon is interesting because, you know, if if the Packers go up, go up in this game, I can see him getting a ton of volume. We kind of saw that against the Bears in Week Two, where Dillon ended up getting, I think, seventeen or eighteen carries in that game. He just wasn't efficient. But in most games, I think AJ Dillon, if he gets eighteen carries, uh, he's going to come through for you. So I think Dillon's yeah. a decent start this week. In Week One, he saw a ton of targets, right, uh, which was great. But in Week Two and Three. We, he didn't see that same type of workload, which is a little bit disappointing because of the fact that, um, you know, th- we were kind of depending on that. Now he just turned into an early down grinder who's sharing the workload with a- with with Aaron Jones. Um, yeah. So that's my concern with him. So, you know, I think all these guys are kind of in the between Gibson, AJ Dillon, Miles Sanders, you know, even Zeke Elliott at 27, Josh Jacobs at 28. These guys are like these early down grinders, right? Who 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 isn't being used heavily in the past game, right? So they're kind yeah. of like intermingled a little bit. Um, Miles Sanders, you know, he hasn't hit the, reached the end zone over the past two weeks. However, he's been getting some decent volume. This offense is good, and yeah. you know the fact that he's healthy right now, I think he's a much better start than I thought he would be um, over 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 the last couple of weeks. So I, I moved him up a little bit to twenty five, right at the borderline of the RB two. RB2 guys. I, I think he's a quality flex at this point because yeah. Jalen Hurts does do a lot of the rushing for the Eagles and they have 
suddenly a bunch of weapons in the passing game. You know, Devontae Smith kind of had his breaking out party last week. Um, not that we didn't think he was good. But the offense is good. I think you can rely on Miles Sanders. The touchdown upside is there where anybody could get a touchdown anytime. time. I'm happy playing him as a flex. At Like coming in the season, I wasn't really happy playing him at all. I know we talked so many times about him saying, don't draft me for fantasy. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's looking like you could have drafted him for fantasy and been all right. You know, yeah. I think he's outperforming expectations just because they were as low as they were. But um, he's on a good offense, so you can't really uh, take that away from him. He's there. He's going to get the touches. And if he if he gets a touchdown, I think you're going to have yourself, like I said, a quality flex play each week. One of the guys I'm excited to watch this week is Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, uh, I have him at 26 here, and this can be low. Okay, and I, the reason why I, I would like him to be higher uh, or I was thinking about putting him higher is because of the utilization that he's shown over the past two weeks. Can that flip-flop? Can that go back to Damian Harris in terms of him being the primary rusher? Maybe. But uh, this past week, Stevenson was the primary rusher. 50%, um, let's see, 51% of the rushing attempts this week. Damian Harris was at 41, uh, 46%, 65%. Route participation for Ramondre Stevenson followed, you know, that was after his 58% in week two. He got 20%, uh, he was targeted 20% of the time, 16% target share last week. That's what you want to see, man. And I think Brian Hoyer is the type of quarterback to check it down. Uh, so we can see a bunch of targets to Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, I think he's a perfect, I would even play him as an RB2 if you have to. Um, so you know, he's I have him conservatively at 26, but his usage really is more of a high-end RB2 type of play. Uh, but I don't want to put him there just yet, right? Because yeah. uh, not only that, like Damian Harris would probably get the first crack at the goal line. That can change because we've seen last week, Stevenson, once he got you know to the goal line, it was him who took it the, that, that goal line score in. Uh, and we saw that last year too, where you know they were kind of flip-flop between these two guys in terms of goal line carries. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson at 26. Like you said, he could be higher. Um, as long as the workload keeps coming, I think Damian Harris is just, I think that he's still good enough to the point where he's going to get uh goal line carries every once in a while. And that's going to kind of limit Ramondre Stevenson. I think Ramondre Stevenson right now is thriving in like a chase Edmonds role. You know, yeah. um, he's getting, the, he's getting carries, not necessarily all the money carries, but he is getting also targets in the, in the passing game. Um, I think Ramondre Stevenson is doing a better job capitalizing on that volume. Um, he doesn't have as much, as many weapons to contend with, obviously, as you know, Chase Edmonds, they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle down there. But I think Ramondre Stevenson is the start definitely over Damian Harris this week and moving forward, unless you know something would happen to Ramondre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if anything would happen to Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson would be an RB1 play. Um yeah. Zeke Elliott at 27, Josh Jacobs at 28. You know, Zeke, you know, with him, you know, he's still the primary early down back. Right. However, you know, things did get quite close in terms of the rushing attempts between him and Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard was the one with the 100-yard game. He yeah. had that big 50-yard run uh, as well, and he's the more, more explosive back. And, you know, if Jerry Jones wasn't their GM, then, you know, things would, and the owner, it, it, things would be different, right? Tony Pollard would probably get, be getting more touches than Zeke Elliott at this point, but yeah. that's not the case. Zeke, you know, as you saw last, last week, you know, he's the one who's going to get the first crack at the goal line. So that's why he's at 27. If you're wondering where... uh if you're wondering where Tony Pollard is, uh, you're going to have to check out my rankings, Patreon. Doc, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's he's at I have him at 31. I have Pollard at 31 right outside these top 30. Um, right. After Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and, and then I have Tony Pollard at 31. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I have him over 
uh, Tony Pollard because there's more likely there's more of a chance that he's being used near the goal line than Tony Pollard, and he's been scoring touchdowns, and that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. Pollard. You know, I think Pollard's chance of getting in the end zone is a little bit less than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's also been being used in the receiving game a little bit. That's why I have him. It doesn't change the fact that I want to sell him right now. But yeah. if you have him, I think he's a, he's still like you know a, a decent flex play. Is Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt too low? Uh no, I I don't think no? he's okay. too low because Nick Chubb's just been playing so well that it's hard that it's hard to say that Kareem Hunt's going to be like oh suddenly show up again. And um, it seems like. The Browns passing game has kind of found its footing, you know, where the first week everything was kind of taking time to gel and Kareem Hunt was the easy check down option. And he actually had two touchdowns with a Kareem Hunt right in week one. And he's been relatively quiet since, you know, Mari Cooper's kind of come out. And now we have David Njoku um, putting his hand in and hoping that he can get a higher target share. Um, I, I think Kareem Hunt's kind of going to fall by the wayside unless anything would happen to them or they just have a bad game. But um, I, I think the Browns offense is much better with Jacoby Brissett than a lot of us expected to be and if it wasn't as good, imagine what it's going to be like with deshaun watson now right assuming deshaun watson this, looks like deshaun watson I, but, I guess but would you yeah. would you say that he's better than jacoby Brissett, even if he's half of yeah what he, what he was? yeah <laughs> maybe, yeah maybe uh, he's much more dynamic much more of a talent than jacoby Brissett. jacoby Brissett kind of reminds me of cooper rush where he's just there he's literally game management it just don't make the dumb mistake and they'll be they'll right. be fine you know so yeah uh it, this week we're talking about this week. I'm okay with Kareem Hunt here. I don't think he's too right. low. Um, yeah, and most likely the Browns will be in the positive game script or or at least neutral game script against the Falcons. Yeah, so definitely. that that screams more Nick Chubb than Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that'll do it, man. Uh, if you guys you know have any questions, if you want to see the full rankings, Patreon.com. Just search for Upper Hand Fantasy. The link is here in the description, uh, in the YouTube, and also in. Uh, the podcast description as well. So check check that out. Uh, hit me up on Instagram as well at Upper Hand Fantasy. That's Upper Hand Zach. If you're looking for him on Instagram, and we'll see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the wide receiver and tight end rankings, and we'll kind of go over you know all the updates when it comes to all the injuries this week as well. So we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>